Sometimes we feel like, you know, put a fork in that. He's done. You ever feel like you're just done? Life has just dealt you. You've been through too much. There's too much junk going on. Stuff's just happening. And you are like done. I'm fed up. I'm fried. I'm done. Anybody ever been that way? Maybe you're saying, you are reading my mail. All right. Well, I want to talk about just those kind of things. And our, our mind uh, and the way we see things. Because think about this. We live in this world. We're human. So we have our senses, our five senses, our hearing, our seeing, our touching, our smelling, our tasting, all of that. And that's where the enemy messes with us in that five sense realm. He messes with you in that realm because that is for him. Now, think about this. Everything God does, he does in faith. Come on. God's going to do it in faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what happens when we walk in faith, we believe that we see it and we have it when we pray. And then it shows up. So what happens is when we stand in faith, just like I just quoted a scripture just a second ago, it's the evidence of things not seen. When you stand in faith, God's collecting evidence because of your faith stand. And it's bringing that into that natural realm. Now, the enemy wants to get you off that that track so he can mess with you in that five sense uh, area so that you're going to be, I'm not going to stand in God. I don't see it. If I don't see it, it's not happening. And that's kind of primarily... Um, if you think about different things, if you ever watch a magician, a magician works on deception. He makes you think something's happening when it's not really happening, but he makes you think it is. Or he gets you distracted over here with a noise or a sound while he's doing something over here. Or he'll say, look at this hand. Now, you might want to watch his other hand because his other hand might be in his pocket getting something else out or what. You know, see what I'm saying? The enemy's all about distracting, getting you off focus. And so he's good at that. And if he can get you off track, off trail, off center, get your mind into seeing things. I did a, a, an illustration years ago. You might remember my son Sam was here. And this is what I did. I had him. I had a balloon. And I had a, it was pretty typical now about this time of year, a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock. Anyway, I had the BB gun. I told Sam, I said, you stand up here across from the platform. You put the balloon over your head. And I'm going to shoot it out with the BB. Now, number one, if you're a mother, you're going to be saying, don't shoot your eye out. You don't want to do that. And because they're thinking I'm doing this, I said, but I'm going to make this even harder. I'm going to shoot the gun behind my over my shoulder with the mirror. And people are like, no way. Yes, way, because I'm going to do that. And so what I did was I held the little mirror and I held the gun and stand still, Sam, stand still. The gun went off. Boom, the balloon popped, and people are like, oh, if you think I can do that, <laughs> I also have swampland in Florida that is for sale. You can get it right after the service to sign on the dotted line. Outside. No, I, I never did that. They didn't know that Sam had a tack in his fingers, and as soon as he heard the trigger go off, he just went, and the, the balloon popped. I had people like, oh, I saw the BB. The gun wasn't even loaded. You see, because the enemy wants to get you to see things that you're just, you will imagine and he'll get in your imagination. Come on. And he's going to work with you and drum things up, make things worse than they are. And you'll believe the lie. And if you believe the lie and you follow that, you're going to get to the point where you're just going, I'm done. But we're going to switch it just a little bit today. We got to see ourselves as God sees us. We got to line ourselves up with the word, the way the word tells us. And if we would change our viewpoint, if we start saying, what does God say about me? I'm going to change that. I'm going to change my mind and change the way I think, which will change the way I respond or what I speak. 
and life is in my mouth. So when I change my mind and I speak differently, then things around me begin to change. The Holy Spirit has a plan that's so big for you, but you have to engage it. We live in a society that just amazes me. I'm trying to think of the word entitlement. We live in a society now where everybody just we're just entitled to something. You should just help me because you're entitled to. What if we would just engage in what God has got for us and and what his plan is? The plans are so big. I've lived in survival mode many years Have you or do you. I don't like survival mode. Survival mode is just, it's what it says. I'm just surviving. I'm just getting by and half the time it doesn't seem like you're getting by. I don't have two nickels to rub together, let alone just being able to, I can't, you know, what what about payday next week? I just need paid this week. I need gas in my car. You know, some people are like, oh, you want to go out? No. Where are you at? Woo, almost stepped off there real bad. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) That Brad, he's funny, but he doesn't have good balance. <laughs> Talk about survival. That'll get me off focus. So there's all kinds of things that happen. But surviving is just, I, God has more for you than just to survive. More for you than just to get by. Now, this isn't a prosperity message. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about just love and life. I mean, just wouldn't you like to have this Christmas where you actually thought it was a good Christmas? Because I'm telling you, Christmas just isn't in the gifts. Man, I grew up, and you know, my, my mom and dad have always been good to me. Always been good to me. But my mom has a philosophy. One that I don't know that most mothers would have. Stay with me, sister, in case she gets radical. You can protect me. <laughs> we could get, no kid, now how many kids in here? No kid likes to get underwear for Christmas. Come on, Yes. It's my man. Nobody wants to get underwear for Christmas. You get underwear anytime. My mom, if you got an underwear and a three pack, that's three presents. She'll rip them out, wrap them separately. Thanks. How about socks? Same thing. Gee, where's the pair to this? Where's the match? Oh, here it is. Two presents. See, my mom's in the building. She's like, pajamas. I got a top. Where are the bottoms? Oh, it's coming. But you know what? Here's the thing. And this is what her mindset was. Kids like to open presents. And we did, man. We ripped into presents. We didn't even see who it was from. Don't you want to read the card? Who wants to read a card if you're a kid? That's kind of how it is. But survival mode, we see ourselves kind of like just getting by. just, Just making it. I want you to look at yourself a little different today. I want you to start seeing yourself. What if God could show you you differently? Seriously, I mean, I I said this in the first service, so I'm just I'm just being as honest as I can. Just in the last uh, few months now, I have lost 65 plus pounds. Now, listen to me. It didn't just you know, I didn't walk into the pound off booth and go. I had to see myself. How I wanted to be, how I felt God wanted me to be and what my why was. What's your why? What's going to drive you to where you need to be? What's going to make you go, you know what, I'm going to do this. This is worth it. 
Now, you know, I can sit here and, you know, I'm not making fun of my mom, but, you know, this is what she's saying. Here's what we had to deal with. I didn't want you to have to open just like one or two presents, so she divided our underwear up. I get it, because the joy of ripping the paper, that was pretty cool, but when I found out they were just, you know, fruit of the loom or something, that's like... But her, her heart was, I wanted to give you something more than just one gift. And I get that. Could you see yourself? Would you dream with me? And that's going to take commitment. It's going to take you to engage your why. What do you want? Because I'm telling you, there's more here than just being done. There's more to you than just being done. If we just see what we've always saw, we'll always have what we've always had. But what if you could see different? It's always been that way. I've always believed that, but then somehow we get derailed before it ever comes to pass. Anybody ever been derailed in here besides me? The enemy's good at that. He's good trying to do that. And this is what we sing. Here's our song. I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. I owe, I owe. Now, if you're an old timer, you'll recognize this one. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Well, St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. <laughs> well, if you see. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> So we want help, but how do we ask? I mean, who do we ask? Hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm fried. I need some help. And we got people around that are always trying to give you help. You got people that never had kids want to tell you how to raise kids. You got people that have been married 17 times want to tell you how to have a good, successful marriage. After 17 times, you hope to get it, but hey, this is what we do. We go ask people all the time. Hey, what should I do? What should I do? And we, we find, and there's wisdom in the council of many. That's good. But what if, what if we started saying, God, what do you say I should do? What does your book say? What if we ran to the throne before we ran to the phone? What if we said, God, I'm depressed. God, what do you say? And God says, I am your strength. I will give you joy. Start quoting those kind of things. What does God say to do? We want help, but who do we ask? Who are you going to call? Oh, dear Jim. I love you, Ron Clayton. <laughs> what would you do in church today? You don't want to know. There's a monster in there. <laughs> you can't call Ghostbusters. They don't have the answer. Because you know why? Now listen to this. this is kind of stupid, but a ghost can't set another ghost free. God will use you because he lives in you. The problem is, this is what we see. We don't see ourselves as part of our solution. We see ourselves as the trouble and someone else has got to help us. And I'm sure God will send help, but you are part of your solution. There's a way to live above it. Here's our first thought today. Slaves cannot set slaves free. You can't, just like, you can't call a ghost to get a ghost out. Slaves can't set you free. 
If you, you know, we have people that are saying, you know what, Brad, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so far in debt. I get it. I, you know, I know how that works. I mean, have you ever gotten out of debt and got right back in? Seriously, I knew a guy, major, had five credit cards or something, paid them off, and was like, you know how he paid them off? He paid them off with a loan from a credit union, and then went and charged his cards up. Now he's got, you need more than who you're going to call on that. Just because you go to church doesn't make you free. People think, I just go to church, so if I'm at church, I'm free. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. That sounds good, doesn't it? About 550 calories in a Big Mac. (laughs) Not that I would know. (laughs) Compromise puts you in slavery. I'm just telling you what I know because I've lived this. I'm just telling you, I've, I've, I've been in debt, gotten in debt, got out and got back in. Oh, the water's fine. Come on in. What I'm telling you is sometimes this is what we have to go. We need to look at someplace a little higher than us. People want, I've had people ask me, Brother Brett, would you just lay hands on me and just break off that spirit of bondage of debt? Break it off me. Really? Well, quit living above your means. Quit signing the papers. If you quit signing the debt papers, you won't be in debt. But I needed that. And I understand. There's sometimes, so I'm not, if you have a car, I I have a car loan. I have a house loan. I I understand. Uh, I don't want those. But I'm talking about excessive. I'm talking about just, you know, oh, I I need that. I I need that gold-plated whatever. What I'm saying is we have to be a part of the answer. We have to be active in the deliverance. Slaves can't set people. Listen, every time Jesus said to somebody to do something, this is, remember, the first miracle was water into wine. And he tells his mom, Mom. And this is what she tells those guys do, do exactly what he says. Because he's going to tell you to do something. And he said, Go get those big pots. Those, those held like 200 gallons. You realize how many times you'd have to go to the well to fill that up? Man. I think there's five or six of them if you look at the story. That's a lot. Go get those, fill them with water. How about this? You know, the crippled lady. Stretch your arm. You know what? If I could, I would. But he's always asking you to do something. Roll the stone away. Throw the stick in the water. Come here. Let me put some mud on your eyes. Give me the five loaves and the two fish. A little bit of oil. That'll work. He's always asking you to do something because it's going to require you to help get you free. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm done. Well, that was weak. Not I'm dumb. I'm done. (laughs) People turn. I'm dumb. (laughs) This is my brother, Daryl, and my other brother, (laughs) Daryl. There's a setback to the 80s right there. How do you see yourself? What do you expect to see? This is what you got. You got to start saying, how have you been seeing yourself? Oh, I see myself as always being behind. What if you could see yourself ahead? Well, I never thought of it that way. Well, why don't you? Instead of seeing yourself as a loser at the end of the, why don't you see yourself as a winner? What does God say about it? Let's look at numbers real quick. 13, 26 through 33. 
To Moses, Aaron, the whole community of Israel, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they'd seen and showed them, with the fruit and the fruit they'd taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered into the land you sent us to explore. It's indeed a bountiful country, land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. And, of course, they're going to show them those huge uh, grapes and whatever they found. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites. The Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites living along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. They spread, they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. And the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people saw, we saw they were huge. We even uh, saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. How did they know what they thought? That's what they thought too. They saw themselves one way and that's how they perceived it. And then now their attention is that's how I am. We can't win. There's no way we're going to win. Now listen to me. This is about your perception and what you see and how you perceive yourself. Many of us have gone through life and we still do and we struggle because we come up against a wall. We've all been there and some of you are up there now. You're going to need to break the wall down or you need to go over it. Heck or high water, you're going to get through it if you just listen. Come on. It isn't about your size. It's about your submission and the God that's inside you is bigger than anything you're facing outside you. Now, I've had, I have five kids. I have one that's in heaven. It was a boy. The very next child I had was Mallory. I've got two daughters and two sons. It was Mallory, Zach, Sam, and Maddie. Maddie is in the back with the kids right now. If you've got kids, she's back there helping your kids. But Mallory is about, she says she's five, one and a half. I think that's in heels and on a good day with her hair poofed. I don't know. She's tiny like her mom. And, and so she's just, she's, she's tiny. So she's little. But she ran track. And, and she, you know, how many knows dynamite comes in small packages? You know, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. You don't pull the mask on the old Lone Ranger. You don't mess around with Kim. Because <laughs> Mama, mm, she'll be taking you out. Well, anyway, Mal's running track. They were, they were calling for the 100-yard dash. And so Mal is going over there. And, man, they are, they're tall in the land. They're girls, and they're tall. They're, they look like, I don't know where they're from, but they're tall. And they're lanky. And they're all legs. They're just like that. And so when they walk, here's Mal. She's like 10 steps to every one of theirs. And they're looking down at her. And I still remember this girl had long blonde hair. She's looking at her and she's kind of like you running. And Mal looked at me and I'm over by the fence. And she says, Daddy, they're big. And I said, baby, don't matter what size they are. You show them what you got. She's like, I said, you know, don't be afraid. So she goes over, you know, and in a track meet, you got to line up and you put your feet on those blocks. I can't see Mal because all you see is this masked thing of legs. And then you see Mal's little tailbone. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin's like, that's my girl right there. <laughs> anyway, you know, runners take your mark and you see that. Bing, get set. And I'm telling you, she had a maroon 
jacket or a maroon, not jacket, but a, you know, muscle tank top and little maroon shorts. And all you could see was this maroon and white blur. Go right by. And them girls look like they're. And here's Mal just, man. And this is me. This is me. Because I'm all in the moment. I'm not up in the stands. No, no, I'm down by the fence. I'm standing. When they runners take your mark, she goes like that. And he says, and that little gun goes, go. I don't even know what happened to me. This is my out-of-body experience I'm telling you about right now. I start, and this is true. There's people everywhere. I do not care. I start yelling, Holy Ghost! And I'm, I'm waving my arms. There's people like, who the heck is the crazy man over there? She flies by and she wins. I am like, woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the mouse probably like, dear Lord Jesus. What I'm telling you is this. You're going to be used. It is the God in you that makes you who you are. And it is you, by God in you, that's going to help get you free. I'm done with slavery. Your future's in front of you, not behind you. It's going to take faith and courage. You have to walk it out God's way. Proverbs 24, 10, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. You need to understand, you're going to have pressure, but you have to yield that stuff to God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I walk by faith and not by sight. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head, not the tail. What are you telling yourself? The big stuff you go through will always require God in order to make it. It'll be him that sets you free and gives you the breakthrough. It's going to be him inside you that you're going to recognize. It'll be him that you'll feel that as whatever you're doing, you'll feel him flow in you. You've got to stay focused. You have to train yourself with God as your manager. Paul says you have to fight the good fight of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.18. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we will soon we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The enemy is going to get your eye off the prize. What Mallory had to do from the starting point to the finishing point, listen to what I'm saying. You got to focus on where you're going. You got to focus on that's where I'm going. This is my lane. This is where I'm running. I don't have to run here. I don't have to run there. God, you got me in this lane. I'm looking right there. That's when you tell me when to go. You got to focus because the enemy is going to try to get you to go squirrel. And if she would have did squirrel, those girls would have went right by her. you got to focus on what God is calling you to do. James 1.22, just, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. That's our second thought today, is agree with God. you got to believe what the word is saying. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you just see, well, here's another day. Time to fix the donuts. Or do you, I mean, do you see something like, you know what? I'm telling you, man, my kids all have different temperaments. They're all like, you know, some of them are bing, bing, bing. Others are just like, cool, peace. Just depends on their mood. But what do you see? I mean, when you get up in the morning, do you see yourself? As who God sees you. Do you see yourself as this could be the day that, Lord, this whole thing changes? Are you a champion? 
Psalm 91 talks about this. I love Psalm 91. You can read it on your own. But it's, it's all about being with God. It's all about Him. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. It's like, God, you're my refuge. You cover me in the day of battle. You're not going to let this come near my house. God, you're amazing. I'm with you. And God, you take care of all that. Man, Psalm 91 rocks. It'll rock your world if you listen to it. It'll tell you from what you don't think to who you are. And then you can start going, yeah, man, I'll be them long legs. God wants to take you places. But listen to this. God will take care of you, but you got to be willing to do it. I'm telling you, how many here in the building are saying, I'm done. I'm done being tired. I'm done being scared. I'm done being intimidated. I'm done being broke. I'm done being depressed. I'm done being hopeless. I'm done being defensive. I'm done being proud. I'm done losing. God, I'm done. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? The weapon that God will use. The weapon, his secret weapon. Jesus already did it. But it's in you. The secret weapon he'll use for your circumstance. Check this out. This is so cool. It's you. It's you. You will be a major part in setting yourself free. You'll be a major part in your breakthrough. It's you. The devil is afraid of you. And he's the father of lies. He's going to tell you, no, he's going to tell you to be afraid of him. But you know what he's afraid of? You knowing not who you are, but whose you are. And when you know whose you are, you know who you are in Christ. And when you know who you are in Christ, you can tell him to get lost and he's got to go. Because according to that book, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. i got to look in the mirror and talk to myself some days. I do. I even answer myself. It's kind of scary. But it's all right. I mean, you should get, you know, Lord, I just, I look in the mirror. I look at my scale. Fat, you will fall off this body. <laughs> of course, I'm almost like, where'd it go? I just wanted it to fall. You want to see it fall? Or you want, you know, look in the mirror and say, well, you good looking thing. You, how are you going to do this morning? Woo! I'm going to walk out and Miss Kim can't take her eyes off me. Almost fell again. (laughs) If I fall, will you catch me? Thank you. It's a setup. Romans 4, 18 through 20 says, Even when there's no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Now listen, for God had said to him. You might say, well, Brett, we're not Abraham. No, you're not. Abraham did not have this. You do. This is what God says to you. Abraham said, because what God said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though he's about 100 years old and he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Abraham brought glory to God because he recognized, God, you said it, it's done. I don't care what it looks like. Listen to me. I don't know what your situation is. Brett, we're up against the wall. We owe this, we owe this. I don't. I know. I, I've been there. But God is a God of breakthrough. God is one that is, it just defies what you can think and reason in your mind. I've had every one of my kids hugging a porcelain throne one day. Every one of them. Kim will tell you, they're all like, boo. 
That was a good impression. And I had to go to church, and I didn't want to go to church. You ever just, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. You're the pastor. So? I don't want to go. I'm tired. I'm I, In my house, it smells like throw up, and they're all going, you know, it's nasty. And And plus, we're up against it. You ever been up against it? I know you have. We needed $500. And I know how we're going to get it. So this is what we did. We prayed with our kids. And we said, you know what? We're, we're, we didn't give them specifics of why. But we had bills. Anybody got bills? Bills don't always agree with the word of God. <laughs> or they just, they don't, they do not care. You know, there's people at those companies. They just want their money. And I, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm just like, Lord, I will go. I will go, I will go. And I just said, I need a miracle. I, you know, I'm doing everything I can do. I have given you everything I had. I've given you anything you've asked. We need this. We have agreed. So as far as that, Kim and I just believed. Now, I don't know any exact words because we really didn't know as much about the kingdom as we do now. But we had just believed, God, you'll do it. We just believed it was done. I opened the door and there was an envelope taped on the door and it said to the man of God. It was taped on. I don't know who put it there to this day. I do not know who put it there. Ripped it off. And inside that envelope was five hundred dollars. Actually, we needed four fifty. So let me correct that. We needed four fifty, but there was five hundred in the envelope and the tithe off of five hundred would be. And so that would leave us. And so I called all the kids, called them in. And so here the kids come. What do you want? We called them all. I I remember fanning the money out in the envelope and saying, look at this. And so I I still, Zach is an awesome man. I love my sons. But I remember he had eyelashes that if you flapped him long enough, he could probably fly. You know, I'm just big, long. And I remember his eyes going, looking at that money. And I said, look what God did. And he's like, Daddy, how'd that money get there? And I said, honey, I don't know. God had somebody put it on our door. Listen to me. I don't care what you're looking at. You need to look at God. You need to look at something that's bigger than what you're staring at. And you might say, Brett, God didn't get me in this mess. Probably not. God doesn't do that, but he helps get you out of it. But you got to recognize how great he is. You got to recognize and submit to his authority and then learn how to do it. Learn and start saying, you know what? If I made a mistake, let me fix it, Lord. I don't want to make it again. Aren't you glad for forgiveness? How many are glad for forgiveness? Repentance is awesome. If if a fact moves you from God's word, then you're not in faith. You have to face the facts. You have to know how to face them. But facts will scream louder than your faith. The doctor can give you a bad report. Here's what it says. You have this, you have this, you have that. You can believe that report. Listen, your belief gives life negative or positive. If, you be, if you're a more negative person, you're going to give life to negative things in your life. If you speak negative and you're wondering why negative things happen, that's why negative things are happening because you're giving that life. Now, we've all done negative things. I get it. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. What I'm saying is, but for the most part, let's speak positive. Let's understanding that my faith can get past the facts if God differs from what the facts say. Does that make sense? So in other words, 
I've got to understand. Now, facts are great because we're assessing things in the church. How are we doing? What are we doing? What should we do to make it better? Uh, what are the numbers? And you're like, well, are you about numbers? No, Jesus is about numbers. He wants as many to get saved. He doesn't want any to perish. So I want to find out, Lord, can I improve? Can I make things more acceptable for people that don't know you, that they can find you, and then, God, they find you, and then that's good. So we assess that, but our, our faith has to be to the point where, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. What do you say? If this is what you say, because you see, faith will go past your mind. It'll go past your reasoning. Moses, take your staff. Hold it out in front of the Red Sea. That ain't supposed to happen. But faith will make that happen. Spit and mud, put it on eyes. You can see. That ain't supposed to happen, but faith will make it happen. Silver and gold, I don't have any of that, but what I have, I'll give you. Rise and walk. It is about us understanding if you're done, I'm so done with being surviving and so done with just being the way I used to be. Are you done being the way you used to be? Because I tell you, I got no results from being the way I used to be. I was just kidding myself. But I want to be who God wants me to be. I want to be, it doesn't matter what circumstances happen. You know, things happen because the enemy is going to try to derail you. Just know he's going to try. But you got to stay on point. You got to stay on focus. You know, Kim knew I was having a bad day. I've had a few bad days this last week. Can I get a witness? I broke a dish in my house. It went everywhere. A gazillion pieces everywhere. So then I was trying to clean it up, but she came and cleaned it up. And I told her I'd help her. No, let me do it because she's better at it than me. And then the next day, I'm trying to be a stud. So I spent 36 bucks at the grocery store. And I'm trying to carry everything in one load because, after all, we don't want to make two trips. And I have a jug of milk. And I'm going in our sunroom. If you've been to my house, there's a sunroom. There's a door that goes in the kitchen. I'm reaching for the screen door to go into the kitchen. And I feel the milk slipping out of my hand. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And the milk goes, boosh. And I grabbed it real quick. I lost about a quarter of the milk, but it went everywhere. And I said, oh, what a wonderful day I'm having. And, you know, what happened? So I was embarrassed because it happened in front of my folks. It happened in front of my wife. Now for the next 30, 40 minutes, she's on her hands and knees scrubbing. I'm like, I'll clean it. No. So she's cleaning the carpet. Carpet, ladies, and milk. Wonderful combinations. Almost. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to say it's like a cat, but I'm not going to say that. Oh, I already did. We've got to follow faith and then we can't lose. Look at the direction. The direction you're looking is the direction your life will go. If you keep looking in one direction, that's the direction your life will go. But you've got to start focusing on what God says. The truth is the word. Regardless of what the facts are screaming, you start looking at the truth. You need the, you need the facts so you know where you're at. You can assess where you're at. Then ask God, what do you say about these? What do you say I should do about these facts? 1 Samuel 17, 32 and 37, we're about to finish this up. Don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And when a lion or bear comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, rescue the lamb from its mouth. The animal turns on me. I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. He's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. 
Saul finally said, all right, go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. You see, David understood responsibility. David is like, he had something inside that just made David mad. Is, is it time? Let me just ask, because if you, you know, this message is for those that are done. Because something inside is just stirring. You, you, it's just festering because you need to get rid of, this is David. David's like, he hears Goliath saying all this crap. Goliath's just saying junk. And he's just, yeah, yeah. And he's just cursing God and cursing Israel. And he's doing all this stuff. And David has had enough. Have you had enough? I mean, are you tired of doing what's happening all the time? I'm telling you, David, something inside said, I'm going to do this. This is the answer. And this is where we miss it. You are part of the answer. David said, I'm going to go take care of this guy. I'm going to take care of this guy. And this is the problem. Most Christians don't engage. We wait on somebody else to help us. Help is good. Help is great. And I'm sure help is on the way. But if you don't listen to this, you are part of the answer. Let God train you. That's our third thought. We're asking God. Some of us are saying, God, I want you to bless me with millions of dollars. But you don't let God posture you for increase now. Why would God give you millions when you have much less and you don't honor him with what you have? Think about that. Well, I want God to do that with me. Then we have to understand. We got to start small. And God, and God, you're training. You get, God is being Mr. Miyagi to you. Wax on, wax off. Always look eye. Paint a fence, side to side, whatever. You got to let God train you. You got to let him show you. You see, David faced the lion and the bear. They were training. God was getting him ready for Goliath. Listen to me. Goliath's bringing the paycheck. Some of you have been through a lot of stuff. Training. You're about to get to the point where you get a breakthrough because now you've been through training. Have you learned anything? Daniel son. Good karate in here. You got to understand this is something that's in you. You've got to make this part of who you are. This isn't just, you know, I dream of genie or anything like that. This is about you saying, you know what? God, you are in me. Greater is he that's in me. Is he in you? If he's in you, use him. You have to use. I can't use him in you. You have to use him in you. You have a will. You have an emotion. You have a, a way to do that. You have to use him. You have to have a want to. Slaves can't set people free. They can't set slaves free. But somebody that's been freed by the power of God can set you free. Use him. Let God be in you and be strong. You remember I told you a story. I won't go through the whole story. But just basically this. If you don't give when you don't have, you won't give when you do. We have to engage a plan to be part of the answer. God, I want to get out of debt. What are you going to do to get out of debt? Well, I'm going to wait for the angel of debt to come down and... The money tree they're going to plant in my front yard. And every two or three days I'm going to harvest 20s off of it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you find that angel, could you send them my way? Because that that's not how it works. You've got to engage in a plan. You've got to put your hand to it. In heaven, zero plus zero is still zero. 
So you got to put your hand to it and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to invest? If you're wanting God to do it, that's a mailbox mentality. Now, it doesn't mean God can't send help. doesn't mean he can't send money. doesn't mean that. That can happen. But I'm telling you, you got to be part of this plan. you got to figure this out. If you're just sitting by waiting on Ed McMahon to show up, he's not showing up. you got to start saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me? Because, listen, there is, there's no money in heaven. They don't need money in heaven. They've got streets of gold. The currency for money is down here. What's needed is down here. Heaven doesn't use that. Are you with me? So there's money in the marketplace, but you have to decide, Lord, how do you want me to get out of debt? What, are, what is your plan for me? And then you have to engage in that. I hope that makes sense. If you want fish, you got to go fishing. Or you can go to the store and ask the guy behind the fish counter to throw it to you so you can tell your wife you caught it. If you want to go and get a deer, you got to go to the woods. There's probably not going to be a deer walking in your living room. You have to go where that is. You have to put your hand to it. Hebrews 12, 11, No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. God is in you. You can handle what God gives you. So you've got to understand, then he's asking you to, to handle it. So handle it. Because it's, it's great. Once you handle what he's given you, things happen. You know what happens? Because this is what we want. We want to get to a spot. And this is what happens. If you're in sales, how many have ever been in sales? This is what happens in sales. You make a big sale. We have a tendency as human beings to go and then rest. Because after all, we just made a bunch of commission on sales. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But you know what happens to those that win? They don't rest like that because they just keep sales going so that everything keeps flowing. Now, this isn't a a motivational uh, conference on selling. What I'm telling you is we have a tendency as Americans to sit back on our laurels and just let everything happen for us. But if we put our hand to it, now there's, that doesn't mean you can't rest. That just means, God, I'm going to do this task until the task is done. I'm going to work on it as long as you give me the grace and, the, and the, uh, the way to do it. And so then I'll follow that path. And then, God, you're going to show me things, and things will start happening. And you know what happens when we win? You get more responsibility. And the, and the talents, the one guy that buried it, remember the one guy, he doubled it, and the other guy doubled his. The one guy that buried it, they took it from him and gave it to the guy that had ten. So when you win, you get more responsibility. Because when you learn and you, you show God you can handle this, he's going to say, all right. See, and that's how that works. We want all of these things. How about your kids? You know, my kids, when they were 10, Dad, could you get me a car? Do you really want me to buy my kid a car at 10? No, you do not. Because, uh, you know, that's not good. They can't drive at 10. So some of you are trying to picture my kids in a car, I guess, but they're, they can't drive a tent. You see, people don't prosper because they get complacent. So we have to start saying, God, we need to engage. So I'm going to ask you this, and I'm, I'm just about finished here. What are you focusing on? What are you looking at? If you're really done, then we've got to start asking God, how do we fix it? Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to engage in this? I don't know what mountain you're facing. But I need you to look at the Bible. I need you to go and say, God, how do I face this? How do I speak life to this? What do I need to do? And if you'll do that, things will start turning. Your life will start changing. I have people that will say, 
sometimes it happens fairly quickly. Not everything changes, but they start seeing fruit. All the, you know, and they'll come and go. <gasps> but listen, you need to expect it because it's God. That's how God works. There's always fruit when God works. There's always fruit when he works. Even if you don't see it, fruit's coming. You need to see it before you see it anyway. Because in the world, seeing is believing. But in the kingdom, believing is seeing. It's just switched. So you just get the plan from God. And I know when you're leaving, you're thinking, man, he makes it sound so easy. You're going to have to walk it out. And it's going to take endurance. It's going to take conviction. But it's doable. Okay? There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And you can do it. You can do it. And people ask me this. What happens if I mess this up? It's okay. God knows right where you're at. Just pick up where you left off and start going again. Keep listening. Keep listening. And keep doing. And the more that you listen, the more that you do, then he'll add more blessing, more responsibility, more things, more breakthrough, more. And you'll help other people. Because God will use you. And you'll be like David. God helped me here. He helped me here. He'll help me there. See, that's what David was saying. He helped me back here. He helped me back here. He's going to help me here. He's already proclaiming the outcome before it ever happens. He's already seeing Goliath. He's already taken his sword. He's already got his head off. He's already seeing all that. You do the same. See yourself successful. Look in the mirror when you get home tonight, tomorrow. When you're shaving, guys, ladies, when you're putting on your eye makeup or whatever, talk to yourself. Well, you beautiful thing, you. Today's going to be a great day. The days of just surviving are done. And start living the life God wants you to live. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please?